Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We now are rejoined, as we were on Friday, by Matt Perino from NewYorkUpstate.com. Matt, Joe here on the Nightcap. What's up, man? How are you, man? I am good. Uh, Did you enjoy the fight on Saturday, I'm assuming? I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was, you know, it was a throwback in a lot of ways. I mean, that was the Connor that we all kind of came up and grew up to know. And uh, so, yeah, it's always disappointing when a fight ends that early. But when it's that explosive with that many big shots, I mean, I feel like Connor fans probably, you know, walked out of wherever they were watching that fight or went to bed afterwards, whatever, were were probably Mm -hmm. pretty uh, hyped up about it. Yeah, so before we, uh, you can follow Matt, by the way, on Twitter, at Matt Perino. Before we get into what might be next, and I think that's what everyone's jumping to, so what happens in the 40 seconds? There's not, a, of course, a lot to go on. There's the shoulders that Connor throws. There's the, the left head kick. Um, there's the, the left that puts him down thereafter. It, I, I appreciate it in that I've admitted that I'm pretty much a Connor fan, um, but that you know, like there, there's Khabib's manager, and I think even Donald Cerrone's manager leading up to the fight. Uh, he'll he, sometimes he'll get a little bit of a reputation for, hey, he's only got a left hand, just because really it's so much better than you know the rest of his game. Not to say the rest of his game is not good, but it was nice for me to see the win happen basically without that. And I think you mentioned it uh, maybe on Friday leading up to the fight that he had broke his hand last year. And like, hey, would that affect him at all? And what was interesting is it didn't really even matter because he took Donald Cerrone out basically without it. You know, it's funny. It's it's something I, I warned against last week. For anybody thinking, you know, that had forgotten about Conor McGregor, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, you go back to that Eddie Alvarez fight, and that was the one that really stood out to me more than anything because the Aldo fight was so quick and so fast. Right. And the Nate fights were weird because they were at 170 when it looked like he was a very small 170. One of the biggest differences about this fight is I'm convinced that, that Conor McGregor can compete at welterweight now. I mean, the body, the way that he went through fight week, how comfortable he looked in there, and finally the power standing up. He's the only fighter in UFC history that now has a knockout in three separate weight classes. And he's right. That's something that probably will never be topped again, or at least not anytime soon. And I, I warned people last week, if you think Conor McGregor's just a left hand, you haven't been watching. You haven't been – I mean, these guys are in the lab. And even Cowboy tried to warn everybody. You think this guy has been out the last 15 months and not working on his game, not drilling the wrestling, drilling the jiu-jitsu. We've seen behind the scenes his belts kind of going up in jiu-jitsu over the years too. We haven't seen it be necessary really. Uh, and, and Khabib's not a great example because – like we talked about, it, he's so mauling on the ground that I don't think there was really ever an opportunity for, for Connor to work off of his back. So, you know, I think that, you know, this was everything that the UFC, the MMA world, Connor McGregor and his fans needed because now we have so much to kind of look forward to here as we move through 2020. So one thing that also was being talked about leading into the fight, and you mentioned too on Friday, is that Cerrone is a bit of a slow starter, and the McGregor usually, while he's got his cardio, is going really fast off the top, and he, I mean, he throws that left hand right out the bat, and you, you said it there, like he looked, even though Cerrone has been at 155 a lot in his career, 
I don't know, Connor looked so comfortable and he had the power. And I wonder now, Dana White seemed hesitant to just, you know, go. He, he was using a lot of reasoning that, hey, Connor's at 170 right now because he just doesn't want to cut the weight. But that, like, he's the 155 uh, next in line and that, like, he doesn't necessarily love him at 170. That tone changed even with Dana White after the fight. So even with you, I'm wondering now, you just kind of said it, but is that really what you would like to see uh, McGregor stay with the Usman fight potentially being there and, of course, Masvidal? I think the biggest fight right now is the Masvidal fight because he's got so much fire behind his name. I think Habib, the problem with him is there's so you know, long, uh, he spends so much time away from the octagon, there's not a lot of consistency in his career that he's built up. So even when Khabib kind of has a little bit of a fire going behind him, when he beat Connor, it's like he's out for a while, or he had kind of that lackluster fight with Dustin Poirier. And, you know, so I think that right now, if you're talking about the fight to make, I think it's probably Jorge Masvidal. If you're talking about, like, what's the biggest fight in terms of selling power, I still think I agree with Dana, and it's the Khabib fight because of the bad blood there, yep. the vitriol. Uh, and, I, and I think it's still a, a question that needs to be answered. Can Conor McGregor face a wrestler? If he fights Masvidal, that's going to be a stand-up war. There's no doubt in my mind. Neither one of those guys is shooting a takedown in that fight. But against Khabib, he still has some, you know, an- some questions to answer. So... I think that the, the good thing right now is there's no bad way that you can go if you're Dana White. And, and also, listen, if you're listening to Dana White on Fight Night, I think we can all come to the understanding and that we've learned over the years that what Dana says on Fight Night, I mean, I wouldn't take that to the bank. There's no real way to figure out what the UFC is going to do. They're going to come back. He's going to meet with the matchmakers over the course of the next few weeks, and then they'll start to plot the next move. And, and they'll figure that out. There's so many elements that go into that, analytics, um, you know, social media impressions, all these different things that, that kind of go into the process of figuring out what fans want to see. And that's why the UFC is so great, is that they do their due diligence to figure out what the fans want. And Dana has his finger on the pulse of that. Mm-hmm. Matt Perino is on the West Her Hotline from NewYorkUpstate.com. We're talking a little bit about Conor McGregor's return to the Octagon over, over the weekend and uh, UFC 246. The... Um, the Ferguson Khabib fight. You you gave me uh, the, the prediction on Friday that you think Ferguson is going to win that, but I wonder too. The Khabib fight's obviously the biggest fight. The Ferguson fight would obviously also be enormous. Anything that you do there at 155 is going to be a good decision uh, to do with McGregor. But that fight, like, how long are they going to tie Connor up for? Because he's talking about wanting to fight already in March. And are you going to wait till April to see what happens in Ferguson versus Khabib and hope that the winner comes out okay and then you can have a, a quicker turnaround for that fight? Like, I don't know that timeline uh, matches up well enough to have the, the 155 uh, rematch or title fight with Ferguson be next for McGregor. So... Masvidal like would would seem for me to be the best one to to happen next. Other than that, like is, is there another clear option you think for him to fight in March? Unless it would be Usman, but I don't know how you could just skip over Masvidal to do that. So th- that's why I would almost bet on Masvidal being the next opponent. Yeah, and Masvidal said the earliest that he could fight is April. And it's funny, I I heard or I read that Khabib said that. <laughs> I always get a crack out of these guys that think they call the shots. There's only two people in this game that call the shots, Dana White and Conor McGregor, and that's it. (laughs) And I think that, you know, you're looking ahead here, and wouldn't it be something if Conor 
finagled his way to becoming the main event on the Khabib Ferguson card against Masvidal for the BMF title. I, I almost see that playing out now wow. because the April is kind of the timeline that Jorge Masvidal wants. And if they're going to do that, talk about a me- mega event. Winner fights the winner of this one. I mean, because Khabib and Tony could, could move up to 170, no doubt about it. And if we're talking about a money fight, if Jorge beats Conor McGregor on that stage, he becomes the next money fight. So I don't know, man. There's, there's so many options that they, that they have in front of them. I still like that Gagey fight potentially in March. Yep. Maybe you do that uh, on the card with Israel Adesanya and uh, Yoel Romero. There's, there's plenty of options, and that's, that's a good thing about where we're at. Man, you really just kind of blew my mind with that idea about Connor and, and Jorge Masvidal being in the main event on that card. Like, that would be, for, for Khabib and Ferguson, like, that would be crazy to me. Could you? Like, go ahead. Could you imagine Khabib, Khabib and even Tony Ferguson, who has his own kind of like uh, simmering beef with Connor. He used to um, he used to be rep by Paradigm Sports, the, the mm-hmm. agency that reps uh, Connor McGregor. And so there's a little bit of beef there because he left, and and now Connor acts like he represented Tony Ferguson. You heard him talk about that in the press conference. Could you imagine Khabib and Tony having to after all this time to have to go through fight week, which that's like the biggest fight to be made right now. If we're talking about elite level fighters in their weight class, I mean that's that's like uh, you know. Uh, Ali Frazier in their prime. These guys are, mm-hmm. are, are potential goats. Then Khabib's going to have to turn around and go through fight week with McGregor on the top of the card and his face on the posters. I mean, it would be absolute bedlam. <laughs> it, would, it would be absolutely crazy. The, uh, just a couple more minutes here, Matt. Um, the, the way everything went about this week, it was very respectful between Connor and Cowboy. And even like when it wasn't about Cowboy, like I watched a video that the UFC put out uh, and it was just Connor watching his old press conference highlights, um, like some of the like the really like funny and witty ones over the years. And he was almost like it seemed uncomfortable watching himself be that way and have that that demeanor in a press conference. It almost seemed that way. And that's kind of been his mantra like the last week or two is like very like zen like and very very calm, cool and collected and very respectful. And I wonder. If the Khabib match rematch were to happen, if the Masvidal were to happen, have we? Do you think he's giving you vibes that maybe we've entered a new age and that he's not just going to be this psycho in press conferences anymore? No, I okay. think that what this fight week was was a deep breath, you know, from Conor McGregor, and what was cool about it is that he was he had an opponent in Cowboy that allowed for it to happen. You're talking about Khabib. You're talking about Masvidal. Everything's getting ratcheted back up for those two guys. Even Justin Gagey has had some choice words for mm-hmm. Connor over the last year or so. So when we get to that next fight week, I think it's going to be back to business as usual. But what I think this week allowed for is Connor to kind of hit that reset button, kind of come into a fight, refocus, go through all of the process from the beginning of a camp, goes all the way through camp, do a full fight week, and really, like, immerse himself in what was him at the beginning. And, and like I told you last week, it was about the brand. It was about what he was built on, and that was winning fights. And he did everything this week to lead to a win, and a dominant win, and, an, uh, and a highlight reel win. I mean, I, mean I, I predicted, and it's funny, I was, when, you, when you were going to introduce me tonight, I was going to open up with, 
you know, I predict these things as like a little ode <laughs> to Conor McGregor. Because I said last week, first round knockout, no doubt about it. Everything I saw last week, mm. you know, I was sold. I believed in what was coming. And I, I just think that, you know, this is such a fresh breath of air. Obviously, we have a lot of other things to deal with. You, got, you hope that the domestic violence stuff, you know, isn't going to come up and rear its ugly head. If any of that stuff is true, like I said last week, we're having a completely different conversation. But I think that this hits the reset button. He realizes what he potentially could have lost and now is refocused and, and has goals ahead of him. He wants that Khabib fight back. Don't get anything twisted. That is going to be the fight of all fights if Khabib can get through Tony and eventually maybe they fight later this year. Oh my gosh, we're talking about uh, Maymac numbers. That's going to be insane. And yeah. then you got the you got you got yeah. Mayweather too. I was, I was out there putting out a, a Conor yeah. McGregor poster. I was just going to ask you that to, to wrap up here. Both, by the way, Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao both put out like mock posters um, of a McGregor fight. Everyone wants to fight McGregor right now, obviously because it's the big money fight. The two boxing ones, does and he talked about last week too, like he wants to become a boxing world champion. I don't know how realistically or even how much he believes himself there. I do, actually, he's he's very confident. He probably believes that uh, in his own head, and who knows, maybe. Um, but those two fights, which are more spectacle fights, that's not really chasing world championships, although Manny Pacquiao, of course, does have a couple of titles in boxing right now. Do, do either of those interest you as a UFC fan or and just as a fight fan? You know, I think it's interesting. I, the whole Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless era of talk of you know uh, TV talking heads is isn't really my cup. But I do actually have a ton of respect for Max Kellerman when it comes to the boxing game. Yep, same. And even I've heard him talk MMA, and, and I've been impressed as well. And he said something really interesting last week in, in, in his assessment of Connor in his first ever pro fight against the greatest uh, boxer arguably of all time was that he did a hell of a job. And he did that on his first fight without even really having a boxing trainer in his camp. He said that this right. week. He, he went back to Crumlin uh, in Ireland and actually started training with his old boxing coach. So who knows what he's been doing over the course of the last two years since that fight to, to really up his acumen in the boxing game. So do I want to see more of that? I think I do just because I think boxing needs that injection. I mean, trust me, I'm hyped. I haven't been this hyped for a, a heavyweight. I, I watched Joshua... Klitschko, uh, I ordered that on pay per view. That's the last heavyweight fight I I fought and that or I bought. And then I watched um, uh, Wilder Fury one. Yep. And I'm very excited for the rematch. Don't get me wrong. But Connor juicing up boxing a little bit. I mean, I think further cements his legacy almost even more than anything more he can do in MMA because they need it. They they need a real uh, a real dude that comes in there and, and you know is the whole package a fighter and a showman. And, and I think Tyson Fury does a great job. Wilder, even Joshua to a degree, those are heavyweights. This is a, he brings his lighter weight uh, you know, swagger to the game. And, and I think anything Conor McGregor does, not to stand too much for the guy, but anything that he does yeah. really turns into gold. And, and, and I love boxing, so I hope, I hope it works for them. Yeah, completely agree. One, one more, Matt. I did want to ask you one non-Conor question. Um, you've got, in a, a couple of weeks here, John Jones versus Dominic Reyes. And, and I don't want to spend too much time on that fight because I think most people think uh, – I don't know actually a lot about Dominic Reyes. Maybe I shouldn't just assume this. But I think from what I've seen, a lot of people think John Jones is going to roll through that fight. Um, let's just say he does, hypothetical here. Do you like the idea of him going up to heavyweight? Because 
I love watching John Jones fight, and I'm not have not been very interested personally as more of a casual UFC fan watching him go through the lightweight heavyweight division. When meanwhile, like Francis Ngannou, who really excites me in the heavyweight division, you've got Stipe up there. Maybe Cormier would hang around for the for a trilogy fight or for a third one. Um, do you like the idea of John Jones going up to heavyweight if he if he wins uh, in a couple weeks? You know, it's funny. I think that Dominic Reyes is the first real uh, exciting young prospect that's challenged John, John Jones that has me a little bit intrigued. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll still be picking John Jones in that fight because it's a completely different world when you get in the octagon with that guy as opposed to some of the dudes that Reyes has beat. But, you know, in terms of going up to heavyweight, I think he kind of has to. I think Daniel Cormier forced his hand because he went up and won the heavyweight title, and that's his, you know, his arch nemesis and a guy that, he, he always talks about being better than, and he obviously beat him the two times. Uh, but I think that he's not going to want to have that hanging over his head. He's going to have to go up to heavyweight at some point. But the thing about it about it happening now, John Jones is still pretty young in terms of you know MMA. I mean, he's probably got a good five years, probably like three years of his prime left, probably five years of good MMA left yep. in him. The, the, the light heavyweight division is probably going to really be replenished over the course of the, you know, the last year and then the next you know, 12, 12 to 16 months. So he's going to have some new challengers, I would imagine. And I know that they're tight, but I would love to see him fight Yoel Romero. If he struggles to make weight against Israel Adesanya, if they could ever figure out a way to put that fight together, I would really like to see that. But they're close. They train together. So that might not happen. But I think for legacy purposes, John Jones has to go up. Because I think that's something that I was always disappointed in George St. Pierre about. He was the one that really held up the Anderson Silva fight. And it got on and on and on in years and years. And then it just, you know, Anderson Silva wasn't Anderson Silva anymore, so what's the point of even doing it anymore? So I think John Jones has to go up for his legacy, but I do think in the in the short term, in the next year or so, there are going to be a few challengers that, that pop up that he's going to have to take out. Okay. All right, Matt, thanks as always, man. I love talking this stuff, and I uh, hope we can do it again soon. Anytime, my man. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 